0: been focusing on the theme of living and leading like Jesus, living and leading like Jesus. And throughout this series, I've shared with you that if you are a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to live and lead like him. In first John chapter two, verse six, we read in first John two, verse six, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. And then this same Apostle John writes later on in this letter, 1 John 4, 17, 1 John four seventeen, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to live and lead like Jesus. Now, I'd like to take a few moments this morning and motivate us, inspire us, encourage us to follow in his in Jesus footsteps to get out of our comfort zones and move down the field of life with an end zone mindset consumed with reaching the goal line of being conformed into the image of God's son having the ambition of being just like Jesus that's what we're called to do now Let me share with you a true account. In Stockholm, Sweden, a lady was pinned beneath a streetcar. She was seriously injured and bleeding badly. A crowd gathered. They tried to move the streetcar, but it was too heavy. There was nothing to do but wait for the heavy equipment to come. She was in great pain she was losing blood rapidly suddenly a young man broke away from the crowd he crawled under the streetcar he took the woman's hand and said hold my hand tightly until help comes in holding his hand she grew calm she avoided going into shock the loss of blood Was slowed. Finally, after she was freed, she said, I never knew the touch of a hand could mean so much. I never knew the touch of a hand could mean so much. A recent New York Times article stated, There is now scientific evidence related to how personal physical touch actually improves the performance and attitudes of individuals. Researchers have said regarding physical contact, I quote, momentary touches, they say, whether an exuberant high-five, a warm hand on the shoulder, or a creepy touch to the arm can communicate an even wider range of emotion than gestures. Or expressions, and sometimes do so more quickly and accurately than words. The evidence that such messages can lead to clear, almost immediate changes in how people think and behave is accumulating fast. End quote. That physical touch can even enhance performance in athletic competition is being researched. Quote, to see whether a rich vocabulary of supportive touch is in fact related to performance, scientists at Berkeley recently analyzed interaction in one of the most physically expressive arenas on earth, professional basketball. Michael W. Krause led a research team that coded every bump, hug, And high five in a single game played by each team in the National Basketball Association. The results of the study from last season indicated that good teams tended to be touchier than bad ones. Good teams tended to be touchier than bad ones. All this to say there is power in the personal touch. There is power. Power in the personal touch. This morning there are four things that I want to touch on. Get it? Concerning the touch and Jesus. First of all, Jesus was approachable and willing to touch the untouchable. Jesus was approachable and willing to touch the. The untouchable. In Matthew's gospel, specifically, Matthew chapter 8, we read in verses 1 through 3 the following. Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. When he, Jesus, had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you will can make me clean then Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying I am willing be cleansed immediately his leprosy was cleansed now before we look into the power of Jesus touch related to us through this passage I want to share some insights on leprosy this is regarding leprosy in jesus times in the new testament period william barclay in his bible study commentary the daily bible study commentary shares the following insight leprosy might begin with the loss of all sensation in some part of the body The nerve trunks are affected. The muscles waste away. The tendons contract until the hands are like claws. There follows ulceration of the hands and feet. Then comes the progressive loss of fingers and toes. Until in the end, a whole hand or a whole foot may drop off. The duration of that kind of leprosy is anything from 20 to 30 years. It is a kind of terrible progressive death in which a man dies by inches. According to Jewish law and customs, one had to keep six feet, two meters from a leper. If the wind was blowing toward a person from a leper, they had to keep 150 feet, 45 meters away. The only thing more defiling than contact with a leper was contact with a dead body. Again, William Barclay notes, in the Middle Ages, if a man became a leper, the priest Donned his robe and took his crucifix and brought the man into the church and read the burial service over him. For all human purposes, the man was dead. For all these reasons, the condition of leprosy is a model of sin and its effects. It is a contagious Debilitating disease that corrupts its victims and makes him essentially dead while alive. And it follows that almost universally society and religious people scorned lepers. Rabbis, religious teachers of the day, especially despised lepers and saw them as people under special judgment of God, deserving no pity or mercy. In fact, in Jesus' time, rabbis sometimes boasted about how badly they had treated lepers. One bragged that he even refused to buy even an egg on a street where he saw a leper. Another boasted that he threw rocks at lepers upon seeing them. And yet, Jesus touched the leper. He touched the leper. And I believe that the reason he did that was to communicate a clear message. This is the true heart of the Father towards those that are scorned. Towards those that are considered scum towards those that are discarded as yesterday's trash. The Father loves His creation. The Father loves mankind. The Father cares. The Father wants to relieve. The Father wants to restore. The Father wants to deliver. And when you think about it, based on Jesus' miraculous ability, Jesus did not have to touch the leper in order to heal him. He could have healed him with a word or even a thought. Yet he healed the leper with the touch because that is what the leper needed. Here is a man that undoubtedly had experienced rejection. He had experienced what it was to be belittled, to be looked down upon because of his condition. But Jesus, he reached out and touched this man to affirm you have value. You are considered precious in God's sight. And let me say to anyone here that doubts your worth, anyone here that wonders, do I have value? Value The cross of Jesus is a clear statement of not only what it cost Jesus to redeem us, but of how much He thought we were worth shedding every last drop of His blood. And in His touch, He was communicating that God values mankind. The second thing I want to share about the touch and Jesus is Jesus exercised the power of personal touch throughout his life and ministry. Jesus exercised the power of personal touch throughout his life and ministry. Not only in this case of touching the leper, but as you read the gospels, you'll discover that he touched blind eyes and made them see. He touched deaf ears and made them hear in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember when Peter sliced off the ear of the servant of the high priest? What did Jesus do? Jesus touched him. Jesus reattached and healed his ear. What a powerful touch from the hand of Jesus at the transfiguration mentioned in Matthew 17 as well as in Luke's gospel Jesus garments were changed they shone like the light and then Moses and Elijah appeared and God spoke the disciples Peter James and John they were afraid and then what did Jesus do Matthew 17:7 7 tells us but Jesus came and touched them Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. You see, Jesus touched them. There was healing in his touch. There was reassurance in his touch. There was comfort in his touch. There was life in his touch. And some, today, you may find yourself afraid. You may find yourself anxious. You may find yourself concerned because of the crisis that you're dealing with, or because of the condition in your body that you're experiencing. But I'm here to tell you that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus. And one touch from His hand, one touch from His hand can transform you. He can transform you from fear to faith. He can transform you from anxiety to audacity. He can transform you from panic to peace. That's what one touch from the master's hand can do. We use the word touch to mean something more than one hand upon another. We use it to mean caring. We say a certain song touched us. Sermon touched us. A story that was communicated touched us. We see here in Matthew's gospel, from these stories that he tells us, that it was a leper Jesus touched. There in verse 3 of Matthew 8, a man that nobody was willing to touch. And then later in that same chapter in verses 14 and 15, Peter's mother-in-law was healed through the touch of Jesus. Jesus touched her hand. And the Bible says, immediately, the fever left her. Did you notice a pattern here? When Jesus touched the leper, immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. When Jesus touched mother-in-law immediately the fever left her that what i'm trying to say is jesus possesses a power that no one else has he is all powerful and i want you to understand today that when you call out to the lord you're not calling out to one who is limited you're calling out to one who is unlimited he can do the impossible his touch can transform you immediately immediately Third thing I want you to note with me is this the power in Jesus' personal touch is referenced in the statement the leper made. The power in Jesus' personal touch is referenced in the statement the leper made. Notice again there in verse 2 of Matthew chapter 8, Matthew 8, verse 2, it says, And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can make me clean. The word can, it's from a Greek word, do nam ai. And this Greek word has the following meanings: to be able, have power. Whether by virtue of one's own ability and resources or of a state of mind or through favorable circumstances or by permission of law or custom. It also means to be able to do something. To be capable, strong and powerful. How powerful was Jesus' touch? When he touched something, immediately things changed. Immediately things were transformed. But it's interesting to note that before Jesus returned to heaven after his resurrection he told his disciples in Acts 1:8, "But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you." There he used the word "do not miss." Do not miss. It's the Greek word from which we get our English word dynamite. Jesus says, But you shall receive dynamite, explosive power, after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Dunamis is connected to the word, the Greek word for can, that the leper used when referencing Jesus' power. What are you saying, pastor? That Jesus had power to do incredible things, but before he returned to heaven, He let His disciples know, I'm not going to leave you powerless. In fact, I'm going to pray to the Father. And He's going to give you the same power that operated in me. That same power healed the sick, the same power that raised the dead, the same power that cleansed the leper, the same power that delivered those that were bound by demonic spirits. I'm going to send it your way and it's going to come and indwell you. I'm glad to say that what Paul wrote is true in Romans 8 11 that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit lives in me. This is why you and I need to understand that there There is power in Jesus, but that his power has not stayed with him. He shares it with those that follow him as well. This brings me to the fourth truth I wanted to communicate with you regarding touch in Jesus. It is this. Jesus has called us, his disciples, to exercise the power of personal touch. Jesus has called us, His disciples, to exercise the power of personal touch. During His ministry on earth, Jesus gave authority and power to His disciples. We read in Mark 6 verse 13, And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil. Many who were sick and healed them. Mm. And then, before he returned to the Father, he said this in issuing the great commission to his disciples. In Mark 16, 17 and 18. And these signs will say will. They will follow those who believe. He didn't say they might. He said they will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will, say will, not they might. They will recover. Ah, And then... I'm I'm behaving today. I really am. I really am. But in James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, it says, Is um, anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. I want you to see... The connection between healing and personal touch. But notice here that those that he called to go and heal the sick. He told them, make sure that you anoint them with oil. Why? Because the anointing with oil symbolized the person, the presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he told them in Mark's gospel, he said, when you go out in my name, you shall lay hands on the sick, the name of Jesus. Why oil? Why the name? So that we, God's people, would understand it's not our strength. It's not our power. It's not our name. It's only by his spirit it's only by his name that healing can come you see in this day of celebrity celebrityism ...that exists even in the church world. I hear people that, that oh, did you hear so-and-so is coming to town... ...and they get all excited about this healing evangelist. This. Listen to me. I want to be clear. We do not need to elevate man. And I'm, I'm not against what God is doing through others. But I want you to understand if you're a child of God... ...you have the same authority through the name of Jesus. You have the same authority to take a bottle of oil... ...and pray the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus... God can work through your hands as powerfully as He can work through the hands of any other person who names His name and is His follower. I want to say this because we need to understand it is not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit says the Lord that His work is accomplished in the earth. Woo! No, 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 no. No, 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 I know. I know, I know I, even on live stream, I know. I know some of you are like, yeah, you're saying that because you're Pentecostal. You believe in signs and wonders. I'm not saying it because I'm Pentecostal. I'm saying it because I'm biblical. What do you mean? Either I believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, or for, and forever, or I don't. If He healed then, He can heal now. If he delivered, then he could... Listen, I've seen, I've seen with my own eye, I've seen with my own eye, demon-possessed people get set free through the power of the name of Jesus. I've seen people healed through the power of the name of... You can't tell this boy that he has changed. He is forever the same. He's all-powerful. He still heals. He still delivers. He still is able. There's power in personal touch. Watch this. Acts chapter 14, verses 19 to 20. Acts 14, 19 to 20 says, And Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up. And went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Now, if you study this passage, you look at different commentators, you will find that some of them point out that there is a belief that when Paul was dragged out and considered dead, it was then that he had the experience that he writes about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-4. through where he says, I knew a man. And he says, I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body. But this man had an abundance of revelation. He was taken up into the third heaven. Into the very presence of God. Now, scholars would tell us that Paul was speaking about his own experience. And some believe this, is, this was the occasion. While he was there lying as dead, he was having this experience. Let me just say within parentheses. God can manifest His glory in circumstances that to you seem most gory. In other words, when it's ugly, you can still experience God working powerfully. Child of God, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to know this is how powerful our God is. That he can show up and do his best in the middle of our worst. Now, watch this. Possibly dead, but when the disciples gathered around him, what happened? He got up. Now, undoubtedly, among those disciples, there was one like Pastor Angel with my personality. What do you mean? I like to touch. I really do. And some guys in the church already know. When Pastor Angel's around, be careful. Because he will touch you in ways that will electrify you. I love to come and sneak behind somebody, John. And, mm, just, and they're like, oh. And I believe, undoubtedly, that not only were the disciples around, but there was a touchy brother there too. I believe I believe that somebody reached out and... Paul, touching him. That that touch was communicating to Paul, you're not alone. Not everybody's against you. We're here to let you know. We're here for you. We're still here with you. Paul, you're not alone. The Bible says, got up. As they came around him, he, he, he got up. One of my favorite stories has to do with Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was the first African-American, first black player to play baseball in the major leagues, breaking baseball's color barrier. He faced hostile crowds in every stadium while playing one day in his home field stadium, his home stadium of Ebbets Field in Brooklyn. He committed an error. The fans began to jeer him. He stood at second base, humiliated. While the crowd, his fans, moved. Then, without saying a word, shortstop Pee Wee Reese went over, stood next to Jackie, and he put his arm around him and faced the crowd. Suddenly, the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said, that, that arm around his shoulder saved his career. I wonder what would happen when a brother or sister falls. If there was a brother, sister in Christ would come alongside, touch them, say, I'm here to lift you. I'm here to let you know you're not alone in this fight. I'm here to tell you, it's not over for you. You may have tripped up, but you're not alone. You are part of a company and we're for you, we're with you. I believe there would be more rising, there would be more getting up than staying down. There is power in the personal touch. I told you early on in this message that leprosy is an illustration of sin. Leprosy is a disease. And sin is a disease. We think of sin as doing what comes naturally. But sin is a disease, an abnormality. Leprosy is a progressive disease. First, the fingers are lost. Then the hand is lost. Then the arm is lost. Sin is progressive. We began with the small sin. We move then into a larger sin. Leprosy was thought to be contagious. Sin is contagious. that is not so, then why do we see the same sins repeated in the same family, generation after generation after generation? Sin is contagious. Leprosy was a hideous, disfiguring disease. Sin is likewise ugly. Oh, it appears to be beautiful at the start, but that's because sin wears a mask. Beneath the mask, it is hideously ugly. Leprosy also isolated its victims. They lived apart and they were required to shout, unclean, when they passed through the streets. Sin isolates. It cuts one off from family, from friends. Finally, sin separates a man from himself. Sin isolates us. Sin is also like leprosy because leprosy is deadly. And sin is deadly. for the wages of sin, Paul says, Romans 6:23 is death. Ah? Huh? But then comes Jesus. What does he give? He gives forgiveness. And forgiveness is healing. Forgiveness is cleansing. Forgiveness is releasing. Oh, want you to see something. Mm-mm. I might go into overdrive right now. Jesus, when approached by the leper, Sister Donna, he was told, if you can, you you can clean me. I want you to notice, he said, you can make me clean. He didn't say you can cure me. He said you can make me clean. And when Jesus touched him immediately, he was cleansed or made whole. There's a difference. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus. I was going to sing it, but it's, it's not related to Jesus, babe, so I'm going to keep it spiritual. Jesus has the mightiest touch. I said, Jesus has the mightiest touch. You know what it means to have the mightiest touch? Google it. I did. And here's what it means. To have the ability to easily turn a large profit. The gospels tell us that one day there was a hungry crowd of 5,000 men, including women and children. Estimates are between fifteen to 20,000. Jesus tells his disciples, you feed them. I said, But we ain't got nothing except... Mm. Except these loaves and fishes, right? And what happened? They took the boys' lunch and they put the fish and the loaves into the hands of Jesus. And when Jesus' hands touched the fish and the loaves, it turned into multiplication. Jesus has the Midas touch. But not only did Jesus create a multiplication... But when it came to the leper, here's a second meaning of Midas touch. To have the ability to produce sex, successful results. To have the ability to produce successful results. The leper comes and says, Lord. If you are willing, you can heal me. You can cleanse me. If you, if you can, you, you can touch me. You can he, cleanse me. And what happened when Jesus touched him? He was cleansed. He wasn't cured. You see, if he would have been cured, it would have simply meant that the leprosy in his progress had been arrested, had been stopped. But the man would still be living with the effects that would communicate outwardly and visibly that he had been a leper. But the word for cleanse there means to be made whole. Jesus didn't just stop the progress and the process of leprosy in his body. When Jesus touched him, he transformed him to such a degree that there was no evidence that he was ever a leper. In the first place. Woo. And my Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. What are you saying? Jesus does more than a patchwork. Jesus does a perfect work. Oh, You got to understand, I know some people, including myself, that were addicted to some stuff. And if you only knew what we were bound by, but you don't know it because you can't see any evidence of what I used to be because of his touch. That's, oh, That's what Jesus can do. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus came to do more than recycle. Jesus came to do more than rehabilitate. Jesus came to transform from the inside out. Jesus came to deliver you to such a degree that when people look at you, they don't know where you've been. They don't know where you came from. Because that's the power of Jesus Christ. Woo! That's what he does. That's what he does. And you wonder why I get excited. It's not just because I'm a preacher. It's because I'm a former of this and that. But I can tell you, I'm more than a former of this and that. I am brand new. I'm spanking new because of one touch from the master's hand. That's what he does. Jesus has the mightiest touch. Ah, oh, I told you it was all about the pub life today. I'd be pugging a day. I've felt this thing since the time I started studying it, because I, I've experienced it. There's people in here. you've experienced it. This is why I'm so passionate. When I say you can be free, I know it. It's like you, I know what it is to be bound by something. I've tried a thousand and one ways to be free. Keep on tripping up. Then you come to a moment when you say, I'm sick and tired. I want to be free. Jesus, done. Me, as if you can. tell me about anxiety. You don't have to tell me about fear. You don't have to tell me about depression. I know. I know what it's like to ever wonder. Will this ever lift? Will will my mind ever stop? Racing wild thoughts are creating and generating fear. Anxiety. Anxiety. Will the picture ever change? All I see is me being stuck here forever. I can tell you, Bill. through his touch, I know. I've experienced it. He gives sound mind, he makes you think clearly. There's no addiction that you cannot be free from. I'm telling you, I know. I know. Heavenly Father, I know you're here. I know you've been at work. I saw you work in Cutler. And I see you at work here. I know your spirit from the beginning. You've been at work by your presence and spirit. And I'm so grateful because it is so true. It's not by might nor by power. But by your spirit and I asked you to please help me to communicate today clearly because God I knew that this word was so important to be delivered because you want to deliver you want to free you want to free you want to deliver you want to free Jesus, Jesus, you are freedom. Jesus, you are freedom. Jesus, you are freedom. Jesus, you are freedom. I'm going to ask like I did in color. You're here today and you say, Pastor Angel, I, I need a touch from Jesus. I need Jesus to touch me. I want you there where you're at to stand. If that's you. You need a touch from Jesus. I want you to stand. Where you're at. This presence is here right now. There you go. He is so ready to touch. He's so ready to touch. Whew. There's no. Limit to what. some of you need a touch in your soul you need healing in your emotions others of you need you need a touch in your body your condition has weighed you and you want him to touch you others of you you need a touch in your home in your family there is no sphere there is no realm there is no area Jesus' touch cannot transform. So, Father, I come in agreement with these that are standing. And they're standing, they're saying, Lord, I, I, I not only need, I want Your touch. Touch me, Jesus. Touch me. Lord, I'm praying like the apostles did in Acts chapter 4. When they said Grant unto your servants That with boldness they may speak forth your word And stretch forth your hand to heal That signs and wonders may be done Through the name of your holy servant Jesus Right now, Father, as I'm stretching out my hand towards these that are standing, I pray you stretch out your hand. Your hand that knows no limit. Your hand that is all-powerful, Lord. Your hand that God brings transformation. Stretch it out upon my brother. Stretch it out upon my sister. Stretch it out upon your child right now, Father. That is looking to you. Oh God I pray. Transform through your touch right now. Turn panic into peace. Turn fear into faith through your touch. Heal. Heal. Because your touch knows no sickness nor disease. That it cannot heal us from. Touch right now. In the name of Jesus. I pray God for. Those that are standing for family. Oh Lord, touch their family. Bring about restoration in their family. Bring about reconciliation in their family. Those that are standing that are saying, Lord, I need your touch to deliver me from this thing that has me enslaved, that has me bound. Oh God, right now through your touch, break the chains off. Break the chains of addiction. Break the chains of enslavement to any habit that has bound them. In the name of Jesus, through your touch, break the hold of the hurt that has kept them bound by bitterness. Right now, in the name of Jesus, through your touch, heal their heart. Heal their heart right now. I pray for those on live stream as well, Lord. Because prayer knows no distance and your presence is at work. You are the omnipresent one. You're everywhere at the same time. Lord, right there where they're at, as they're looking to you, stretch out your hand to them and touch them. Touch them. It's your touch that transforms, Lord. Thank you, for it. We receive your touch. Oh, Exercise the language of faith right now, church. What is the language of faith? It's thanksgiving. Thank Him for the touch of His hand. Thank Him that He's at work right now through His power. Thank Him that He's fulfilling His promises in your life right now. Give Him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.